Hello. Apparently it's World Podcast Day. It's the 30th of September 2015. So welcome to the 14th episode of the CodecMoments.com podcast, The Codec Call. I'm Andy Brown. You might notice that I'm sat here playing Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, uh, as it's my Codec Momentum game for September. I have literally a couple of hours in which to finish this, so I'm, I'm going to try and do it as we speak. I'm wandering through the English countryside, breaking and entering into every house, shed, garage, doctor's surgery, pub that I can find. And I'm also drinking a cup of tea. As you can delicately hear. But it doesn't get more quintessentially British than that, does it? Coming up later on the podcast, Matt's going to be joining me and we're going to be talking to Peter Daish from Daish Games, who developed Collectorb, which we reviewed on our website a little while ago. And I'm also going to be updating you about everybody else's progress in codec momentum. A, a lot better than mine, I'll be honest. In the meantime, the professor's going to join us and uh, talk about a game that he's been playing recently that I think is, um, is relatively close to his heart. And I'm just going to have a play on this train set. See you soon. Oh, hello. I'm Professor Kelvin Harris, the resident scientist for CodecMoments.com. It appears you've caught me in the middle of my 11Zs, which is good because in the high-pressure world of the pharmaceutical industry, sometimes you need to take stock and completely switch off from all the candidate development processes, international steering groups, and independent ethics committees that it requires to take a raw material and turn it into a marketable pharmaceutical product. As such, in my downtime, I like to play good old-fashioned computer games. So, what are you playing this week then, Professor? Well, Brian, I'm playing Big Pharma from Twice Circled Games. What are you doing that then? Well, you research raw materials, develop them into pharmaceutical products based on demand and market saturation, and then bring them to market. Isn't that what you're going to do for real life when you finish your coffee break, Professor? Oh, Brian, you simple idiot. You couldn't be more wrong. Why not, Professor? <laughs> this is hot chocolate. Big Pharma is a management simulation not unlike Theme Park or Theme Hospital, which puts you at the head of a pharmaceutical conglomerate. You begin the game with access to a handful of raw materials and a small factory floor. You have to build a production line to take these candidates and turn them into drugs you can sell. Wow, with conveyor belts and everything. More conveyor belts than you can shake a stick at, Brian. I wouldn't imagine sticks would be permitted in the sterile environment of a pharmaceutical production facility, Professor. Figuratively, Brian. You create these drugs by changing the concentration of the raw materials, which will activate beneficial effects within an effective range of concentrations, such as mild analgesic effects, painkillers like aspirin, reducing hypertension, that lowers your blood pressure, or gastrointestinal protection, stops you doing hurty burps. These basic drugs provide you with the revenue to hire research scientists who can develop new manufacturing processes and analytical techniques. This is the key to streamlining your production lines and maximizing revenues. Each cure has a max strength that can be determined after you've unlocked the analyzer and fed some of your raw material into it. The closer you are to the max strength within the range of effective concentrations for that drug, the more efficacious it is. Each drug you produce is rated, Higher rated drugs give you a bonus on their profits, but you'll need to figure out for yourselves if it's worth the increased production cost per unit and capital expenditure on your production lines to achieve this. 
It's not all sunshine and rainbows, though. There are side effects, too, that also have an effective range of concentrations and max strength. The closer you are to the max strength of any side effects, the more detrimental they are, which damages the reputation and sales of your product. Making the best drug you possibly can becomes a balancing act of risk-to-benefit ratio versus production cost. The technologies developed by the researchers you employ can also be used to upgrade current cures to treat more complex conditions. Again, this incurs greater costs and requires longer production lines, as your manufacturing now involves several steps. Another way to develop new cures for new conditions is to hire and send explorers off to some of the Earth's wildest and most distant locations. Like Darlington or Hull, Professor. Mm, quite. They'll come back eventually with new raw materials, some of which will even contain catalysts that add a puzzle element to your production process, requiring you to shake and mix precursors and products to create complicated compounds. No doubt needing more technological jiggery-pokery from your research scientist here, Professor. That's right, Brian. They'll not only develop creamers, shakers and multi-mixers to improve your production lines, they'll also develop patents to protect your creations from the competition, outsourcing to reduce staffing overheads, and bribery <coughs> lobbying and regulatory connections professor and lobbying and regulatory connections to improve the public's perception of your products this public perception impacts on your products by influencing the ratings and bonuses that we discussed earlier and sales performance too the business simulation doesn't stop there though as i've already said you have to take into account materials and production costs but also demand for particular cures and market saturation of both yours and your competitors' products. The rabbit hole goes as deep as you wish to delve. There are plenty of challenge scenarios that will influence your playing style, and a free-play mode too, which for me was a lot of fun as I tried to create the longest and most convoluted production lines I possibly could. Big Pharma has taken a host of management simulation and puzzle aspects onto its production line, shaken them up, and mix them into one pill. The only thing that's hard to swallow is the price at £18.99 on Steam, and at the time we recorded, it's a little cheaper on GOG for some reason at £16.49. Personally, I think it's a little bit expensive for what it is, but I wouldn't hesitate to buy it with even a small reduction on that price. I guess that's the price you pay, though, for years of unrewarding research and development that come before you can finally release a marketable product. Was that a subtle nod to the constant battle over drug pricing between manufacturers and healthcare peers, Professor? Ever so slightly, Brian. A copy of Big Pharma was provided by Indigo Pearl on behalf of Twice Circled for the purposes of this review. So I'm still sat here drinking tea and um, playing on the train set on Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I'll be honest, I probably need to pick up the pace if I'm going to complete this by the end of the podcast. Ooh, trophy. Right, let's, um, let's turn off the train set and crack on. Okay, so this month we have once again put out the hashtag Codec Momentum Challenge to you all, and you, many of you have stepped up to the plate, and I'm pleased to say that um, some of you have done really well. So, Year of Shame, Colm Sheridan, at Psalm67 on Twitter... Uh, said he was going to complete Resident Evil 4, which is an awesome game, and he's done so. Well done to you, Colm. Uh, another Year of Shamer, and good friend of the podcast, at FuryAC3. He really wants it to be Furious, but it's not, is it? It's at FuryAC3. 
Stuart Cullen promised when we were talking about the podcast we did the other week that he was going to complete Alien Isolation, which he's done. But he's gone one step further. He's also managed to beat the crew. So, um, well done. Roger Havens, our very own Roger Havens. Metal Gear Solid 2. Big game to take on. Fair play to you, sir. Well done. And the ever-present Nick Hulk has completed Peggle 2, which, as we all know, is powered by unicorns. So we're down to the wire for a few people who said they were going to do one. Jason Smedley, at the Jason 40 on Twitter, uh, said he was going to complete Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. We're still waiting to hear about that. So we'll have to find out about that in the next um, in the next few hours. Uh, and also Matt Holt, our very Matt, who is going to complete the Lord of the Rings Shadow of Mordor DLC packs. Uh, he's gone very quiet about that. In fact... I distinctly remember that last night we were playing Rainbow Six Beta together and um, neither of us were, were really doing our Codic Momentum games, so that's quite naughty. If you sat here wondering what we're talking about, the idea behind Codec Momentum is that we've all got games that we really should have finished but didn't quite manage it for some reason or another. Um, it could be that we spent months waiting for them to arrive and then they turned out to be time sinks and we moved on to something newer and better. Um, or it just could be those wonderful games that we get with uh, PlayStation Plus or games with gold, freebies from uh, from Steam that just sit in our libraries untouched and unloved. And then, as is my case, real life just tends to get in the way. So the idea behind Codec Momentum is that every month you pick one game or, or more than one game, you can have as many as you want really, let us know what you're going to play, what you're going to finish, and just tweet us at Codec Moments using the hashtag Codec Momentum. Simple as that. When you've done, when you've completed it, you play it through the month. Let us know by sending us a screen grab of the final trophy or achievement or uh, a screenshot of the credits. And uh, as a well done you for uh, completing the game, we'll send you a Codec Moments badge. And they're awesome. If you really want to up the ante, then you can do a Platinum Pledge and it works in the same way. But um, if you do a Platinum Pledge, all you've got to do is you've got to get that Platinum Trophy or that 1000 Gamer score. And then send us a picture of that. We've got special Platinum Pledge badges now that you can do. So it's hashtag Codec Momentum or hashtag Platinum Pledge to at Codec Moments if you want to join in and clear some of those games from your pile of shame. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to get back to Yorton and Tipworth if I'm going to crack on and get this done before the end of the podcast. Here's Matt and I in a pre-record. Recently at CodecMoments.com, we reviewed Collectorb. Uh, as part of our Customer Coffee podcast with the Professor and Brian. And we, we decided to um, reach out to Peter Daish from Daish Games. He's a very, very nice man. Um, we've had uh, a lot of excellent communication via Twitter. And he produced what was a really interesting game. Head to see Prof and Brian's review because that covers it nicely. Um, but it got us thinking of a few questions, particularly around um, how things worked with the PlayStation Mobile piece, moving to Android and the Fire systems. So we invited Peter to come and interview with us. Uh, unfortunately, he was on holiday so we did, uh, he suggested an email interview. Uh, we said great, but obviously with it being a podcast, uh, we would need to voice his responses somehow. We were discussing it amongst the team. We thought about one of us doing it. It might be a bit weird, might get a bit confusing. So we went to the professor uh, and we said, Prof, look, would you do it? You've got a great voice. And he said he was busy. His exact words, and I quote, don't worry, I'll come up with something. So he has... You can't see this. In the corner of the room, there's a four-foot-tall cardboard box with PodBot 3000 written on it and a microphone in front of it. And I'm Is he taking the mic? He's basically said, 
Peter's interview responses have been fed into the pod bot, and we're to ask the questions. Okay. Well, we'll we'll give it a shot, but we'll we'll apologise in advance to Peter. Yeah. Um, because he did give us some absolutely brilliant answers. They're a great insight, um, to developers and. Um, let's just hope that Podbot does it justice. Okay, so let's give it a go. First question then. So, what made you want to make a game? Well, I've always been interested in the way software is made, in particular video games, and I suppose the recent increase of indie developers just made me want to try creating a game myself. What game is taking up most of your gaming time at the moment? Well, appropriately enough, given the theme of today's podcast, everybody's gone to the rapture. Fair enough. And what's your favourite game? Drive Club. Good choice. Drive Club. Excellent game. Excellent game. How did being part of the PlayStation Mobile programme help with the development of Collectov? Um, And in particular, how did Sony support that whole process? The PlayStation Mobile programme was great for my brother and I. Collectorb was our first game, so we needed a platform which was quick and easy to develop for. PlayStation Mobile was just that. Sony really did all developers a big favour when they chose to withdraw the developer's sign-up fee. They were also very quick to respond to any queries we had and were just generally great to work with. And what did you feel when you found out that the programme was being shut down and access to the apps would no longer be available to PlayStation users? My personal feelings were mixed, really. Development on Collectorb was just beginning when Sony announced the closure of PlayStation Mobile, so I didn't know whether I should continue developing Collectorb or not. I also felt really sorry for all the other developers who spent so much time developing for it, and also for the gamers who genuinely liked the PlayStation Mobile games. It really was a great shame for all involved that PlayStation Mobile closed. Were you surprised that the service closed? Was there enough of a return in developing through this route? So was it really worthwhile? I suppose that really depends. PlayStation Mobile never really had a big audience, so I guess its closure was inevitable. Was it worthwhile? Yes. Because of PlayStation Mobile's small audience, we knew we wouldn't become millionaires through it. However, we believe the experience gained from our first release really helped with the Android version, and hopefully all future releases. So is this now a full-time occupation for you, or or more of a side project? That is, if someone asked you at a party what you did for a living, what would that be? Well, currently I'm a full-time student, so game development really takes place during holidays and weekends for me. And it it depends who's asking. (laughs) Okay, so what's your greatest gaming achievement, aside from releasing Collectop? Probably being able to consistently beat my older brother Thomas, who composed the soundtrack and co-designed Collectorb, at our weekly StarCraft II battles. We do take it extremely seriously. When did you decide to port Collectorb over to Android and the Fire systems? How different are the two to develop for, and is it effectively the same version that runs on both? We decided to port Collectorb over to Android and Fire about a month after launch. It's the same version on both platforms. What did you approach differently when porting to these new platforms? I decided to implement our tilt control system on the Android version of Collectorb due to the lack of joysticks on most Android devices. This was new for me as I'd only ever dealt with the PS Vita's physical buttons before. It took a lot of experimenting to get it right, but I believe the controls are now easier to handle and when mastered, really start to pay off, while still offering challenging gameplay. Collectorb on Android is much more than a simple port, though. Lots of features, such as tilt controls, extended soundtrack, new levels, etc., weren't included in the Vita release. So I'd say it's more like Collectorb 2.0. And how was it working with the Unity engine? Awesome. 
as I, I didn't have all that much experience in computer coding, and none whatsoever in game development, it was vital that I could use something that was fairly easy to pick up, and had a great online community. I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's interested in giving game development a go. How hard was developing for Android, given the large variety of devices the game could end up running on? It was quite challenging. The varying hardware and the sheer amount of Android devices available made it impossible to be 100% certain it would run well on most devices. From testing on lots of different Android devices, I found I had to make a few adjustments to the graphics and stuff like that to make it slightly more mobile-friendly and more widely compatible. Is Collectob the game you plan to develop? Or were there other iterations first? Or even, was it another game entirely? At the beginning, we had a few ideas for the kind of game we wanted to develop. That is, a game which was tough to beat, looked good, and was generally fun to play. Collector was the product of those ideas, although the game was slightly different in the earlier stages of development. There was no darkness, and the ball orb was coloured red and didn't glow. A few level designs changed along the way as well. And do you plan to port this over to iOS? Nothing's been set in stone, however we aren't currently planning to release Collectorb on iOS. And what's next for Daesh Games? I can't say exactly, however we're intending to have another game out by the end of 2015. It probably won't involve a glowing orb though. Have you got any tips that gamers would find useful for Collectorb? Okay, here's a quick Collectorb tip. In Collectorb there's an up, down, tilt, dead zone. Try to find it and it really will help a lot. That's great. Thanks for that, Peter. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you very much to Peter for allowing us to do something as ridiculous as that. And don't forget that Collectorb is available now in the Google Play Store and on the Amazon Fire... What's it called? The Amazon... The Amazon App Store. The Amazon App Store. You can get in touch with Peter and Dace Games via at Dace Games on Twitter and we'll add the links to the page this podcast is hosted on. Well, that's it for another episode of the Codec Call podcast. I've been Andy Brown. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet us. Uh, you can tweet me directly at Clinical Andy, or you can get in touch with the Codec Moments team by tweeting at Codec Moments. Especially if you want to take part with those hashtag Codec Momentums or hashtag Plan and Pledges. You might notice that I'm doing this outro over uh, serene credits music. I've done it. I've finally completed everybody's gone to the rapture. So that's chalk one. Codec momentum up to me this month. And in the next podcast, we'll be revealing whether Matt's managed his and also what our choices for October are going to be. Until then, don't be a stranger. Get in touch and happy world podcast day. Bye. <laughs>